So we're starting a new series today, and it's a new series on the Holy Spirit. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, and being filled with the Spirit. And I believe this is going to be a great series for us. So today, I have the honour of speaking to you about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And some of you, you may be watching online or you are in here and you sort of, well, you know, you're well aware of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I know all about him, Linda. But there's others who may be a little confused about where, who is the Holy Spirit and where does he sort of fit into the whole picture of God? So let's explain a little bit about it. And for those who know, just go, well, praise God. (laughs) So who, the first thing is who or what is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It is God in spirit form. It's but God, it's in spirit form. He is the third entity of the Trinity. God being the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you've ever battled to get your head around the concept of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. For some people who've never really heard of him, it's like, what weird thing is this? Because we've, you know, we're used to the Father, that seems normal. We're all used to one of them. And that there's a Son, well, you're either one or you know of one. And then the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, well, you know, we don't have too many of them running around in our lives. That's a bit freaky, isn't it? And you may have ways to explain it all, and that's great. But I like to think of it, I'm a simple girl. I like to think of it simply like this, H2O. And that that can be different expressions. It can be water, it can be ice, or it could be steam. But it's all the same thing, isn't it? It's just a different expression, and it's used for different purposes. So we have God. We've got the Father, and and then we have the Son, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but it's all still God. So, you know, who do I talk to about different things? Am I supposed to talk to the Father about this, but I'll talk to Jesus about this, and and then the Holy Spirit for all the other things? So confused, who do I talk to? I used to think about that. Maybe it's just me. And I don't really think God gets uptight about who you're talking to and which name you get to him. He's more interested in wanting to be in relationship with you. Our son, Mark, if he talks to Sean, he's talking to Sean, his father. If Sean's dad, Don, talks to Sean, he's talking to Sean, his son. And then if one of you or the, uh, the, our team talk to Sean, it's Sean, their senior pastor. It's all one person they want to talk to. Sean doesn't go, oh, well, are you wanting to speak to me now as, as Sean the father or like as Sean the son or, or what is the senior pastor? I, I just need to know so I can get this all right in my head. And that Sean just is glad to talk to you. He's, he's able to work out on what level you're wanting to talk to him and he can just do it because he wants to be there for you. It's all one person. And it's just the same with, our, with God. He just want, He knows the relationship level you're talking to him on And he's just happy you want to talk and be in relationship with him. He just wants to be there for you. So the second thing is, where does the Holy Spirit fit into our lives? Well, in the Bible, the Spirit of God is mentioned 800 times. In Genesis 1 verse 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. 
You see, in the Old Testament, the word spirit was ruach, and it was translated as wind, breath, but not a normal breath, like a violent exhaling, a blast of a breath. And the Spirit of God would come and rest on people, but then sometimes he would leave them. And you can read about that in the stories of Saul and of David, just as examples. But in the New Testament, the Spirit is translated as pneuma. It's like a current of air, a blast of breath. In Luke 3, verses 21 to 22, it says, When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And then later on in Jesus' life, we see Jesus speaking to his disciples about how he was going to leave earth. And he tells them it is better for them as he was sending someone who would be with them always. In John 16, verse 7, it says, But I tell you the truth, it is better for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send the helper to you. That's the Holy Spirit. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. The word helper here is parakletos, best translated as a comforter, a counsellor, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener. Basically, he is everything that we need. It's God in spirit form called alongside you and inside you to be your comforter, to be your counsellor, to be your helper, to be your advocate before God, your intercessor praying for you, one who gives you strength and your friend. John 14 verses 15 to 17 says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he lives with you and he will be with you. You see, when Jesus was on earth, physically, he couldn't be there for everyone at the same time. He fulfilled all that he was destined to do in his timing while he was on earth. And he demonstrated ever so wonderfully the Father heart of God in all that he did while he was physically on earth, all the way to the cross, his resurrection, and then turning to be with his Father. But it wasn't his timing to empower people to speak in other tongues. It wasn't his timing to give people gifts. And it wasn't his timing to give us the fruit of the Spirit. In John 16, verses 12 to 15, it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And that is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. And it's just in this beautiful point of, me just thinking how much Jesus cares. It wasn't like, well, I've done all I have to do and now I'm going to be back with the Father. No, I'm leaving you with someone who'll be with you forever. 
I'm, I care for you. I want to look after you. And that's why I thought it would be lovely to share around the Lord's table with that thought in communion today. So if you don't have any communion emblems, can you quickly raise your hand so our host can just quickly help you? And if you've got them online, just hand high so they can see. And if you're online, I hope that you've quickly got yours now. You see, Jesus realised that leaving us with the Holy Spirit was better for us than him being physically in person because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at the same time and speak to you. He can impress something in your spirit. He's on tap 24-7 without you even having to see him or even feel him. It's not based on feelings. It's based on faith and believing the word of God. He is not going to leave you. His destiny is to be with you forever. I just think that's great. And Jesus made sure of that. So does this mean we just forget about Jesus because now we've got the Holy Spirit? Heaven forbid, no. Everything Jesus did was because of his heavenly father and his love for us. And because of what Jesus went through, the ultimate sacrifice for you and me and what he accomplished in his death on the cross, his resurrection and then, sorry, his resurrection three days later, the Holy Spirit is now empowered by Jesus to be our helper 24-7 forever. Father, Son and the Holy Spirit are all part of the Godhead. You can't have one without the other. They're all, it's all, they're all together. They're meshed together. It's all one. And as we partake of the emblems this morning, just got them here. The bread representing his body given for us and the juice representing his blood shed for us, ushering in a brand new covenant of grace. Let us do it with a thankful heart in remembrance of Jesus, who empowered the Holy Spirit to come and be with us and here for us always. Let us eat and drink together. While I continue, when you're finished, if you could pass the empty cups to the left-hand side of the row and our host will come down and collect them, thanks. So we've talked about this morning who or what is the Holy Spirit. We've talked about where does he fit into our lives. And now I'd like to ask you a question. Are you living a spirit-less or a spirit-filled life? Why do you think people would live a spiritless life? Well, the first thing is that people don't know about the Holy Spirit and his presence. Some people just don't know. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 2, while, Paul, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. And he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. People simply did not know and they believed in Christ, but they simply did not know. When I was traveling 
internationally on a flight back from New Zealand on Emirates one time. I don't travel a lot internationally, but as I entered the plane, I turned to the right, which you normally do when you go to economy class. I've got short legs, so that's not a problem for me, seating space. For Sean, it's a nightmare. And there's always this little curtain that when you come on the plane, you go to the left, and that's business class and first class. I'm not going to embarrass you all by saying who's gone first, business class or first class. If that's you, just sit there and enjoy the joy that you have. And one time we were checking in our luggage, we're coming back, uh, we're in Auckland, we're on our way back home and there seemed a bit of a conversation going on between the uh, lady behind the counter and her superior and and me as judgmental, jumped to a conclusion, oh, we've got an intern, oh great, she's going to stuff up our seating, here we go. And And I thought, oh no, but I thought, no, keep smiling, had a Linda be pleasant and that and Sean's there and then sort of, she eventually comes back to tell us what's happened and I thought wait for it wait for it but keep smiling Linda and that and she said look there's just been a bit of a change the plane's not really full so they bumped us up to business class oh yeah baby it was great naturally I changed my attitude <laughs> so we were led behind the secret curtain we went in well it was just lovely oh it was so special spacious. It was just beautiful. This wasn't even first class. I don't think I've gone there yet, but I know that. But it was just lovely. And then when it came mealtime, the uh, flight attendant pulled out the little rail at the bottom for our footrest to make sure we were comfortable. And then she draped over this huge white crisp well, I'd say serviette, but it was more than that. It was a napkin. Draped, draped it over my body and then presented us with a three-course beautiful meal. And I thought, oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. Way to go. This was just being great. Well, it's like that when you don't know the Holy Spirit. You can be like walking on the plane. You never know what's going up there. But I'm telling you, once you get to know the Holy Spirit, you get baptised in the Holy Spirit. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, a whole nother world is out there. A whole nother world. I'm not going to go into everything because then everyone in the following weeks will have nothing to tell you and that. But it adds a whole nother dimension to your life. You cannot believe what it's like when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit in your life. It is just great. So these people didn't know, but that's what it's like. And I've spent, you know, many years, there were, I never talked to the Holy Spirit. And I was aware of him. I'd grown up in the church and I, I just wasn't talking to him. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm either going God or Jesus. I didn't really talk Father or much and that. But it was like the Holy Spirit, like, mm, okay then. And I knew he existed, but it was, and I was baptised in the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues, but I just didn't really talk to him much. And I remember somebody preaching a message about getting to know him more. And I thought, mm, well, okay then. So after this message, I thought I'd, you know, give it a bit of a try and, and start talking to him and you know as usual he didn't really say anything back I don't know if anyone's like that when sometimes you feel like I'll talk to God or the Holy Spirit or or whatever and uh hello pretty quiet up there and and he wasn't really saying anything but I just kept I just kept persevering and I would just talk to him I started talking more and more but I had this awareness he was there I just had this awareness. And yes, he may not have been talking to me like I yabber on. And probably Jesus said, well, we better send the Holy Spirit because she's got so much detail. You can, you can put up with her. I need to go up to my father. Holy Spirit, you can be her helper. She's really going to need help. 
But, you know, I just had such an awareness of him. And, you know, over, over the years, he's just been so wonderful to me, so close in the detail of my life, nudging me about things to do, helping me with things, protecting me from some dangerous situations, helping me, guiding me, giving me ideas. Just, I know he's with me now. He is just so wonderful in my life. And I would recommend if you don't talk to the Holy Spirit, start doing it. And that I remember eight, seven years ago, I was having an operation. I had some cancer cells and I was having an operation. And early in the morning, I had to have this procedure, which wasn't very pleasant at all. It was very hurtful. And when they finished the bit of it, they said, now all these machines are going to come down. They look like they're going to stop about here and they're going to, you know, fall on you and that. But don't worry, they won't and that. And I just thought, great. And I'm one of these people who's very good when I'm going anywhere to doctors or dentists or anything, I love it when they explain beforehand what's going to happen. I just find it a little bit more helpful rather than, you know, being horrified at the time. And so I remember just putting out my hand and saying, Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going on. And this is all a bit scary, but I put out my hand. I can't feel you, but by faith, I know you're with me and I just want to hold you. And, that, and I just did that and I just shut my eyes and I just was breathing so calmly and I knew that the Holy Spirit just helped me so peacefully go through that. I did the same thing when I was about to go into the operating theatre. And you know what? It was a success. I'm alive. I'm still here. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is so real and so wants to have a close and intimate relationship with you. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to be filled with him every day and empowered by him. God doesn't want you to live a spiritless life. He wants you to live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered and a spirit-quipped life of victory. There is spiritual power from God in heaven that is greater than you can ever imagine. And it never ever runs out. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead can raise, can live in you and is available to you as every believer. That is available. We have no concept of how powerful that is, but it is. And the Holy Spirit wants to be, presence himself with you, be close to you. You have an awareness of him and you have a great relationship with him. Another reason why spirit, people live a spiritless life is because they resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gently nudges them in their spirit to help someone. Oh, but it might seem awkward, so they don't do it. Or the Holy Spirit tells, tells them not to do something because it's not good for them. But they want it so much, they, don't, they do what they want to do and they resist. They don't listen to the Holy Spirit anymore. Or the Holy Spirit may be nudging them to give them a certain amount of finance or something to help someone or do something that would help somebody. But they don't want to be part of that or they don't want to part with that money. So they don't do that. And look, the list could go on and on and on. But the reality is eventually, if they resist the Holy Spirit so much, their heart becomes hardened and they start living a spiritless life because they don't want to or they can't hear, but they more likely don't want to hear the Holy Spirit anymore. We read in the book of Acts when members of the Jewish synagogue are arguing with Stephen, and he was a man full of grace and power. And I love this in verse 10, it says, These men began to argue with Stephen, but they could not stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. I just love that. 
And later he is answering to the high priest about the charges brought against him. And he ends up saying, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. But you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he's never, ever going to force himself on you or into a relationship with him. If you resist him long enough, he'll back off. And that is so totally to your detriment. You see, the Holy Spirit is empowering people with spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. Get that? The Holy Spirit is empowering you. He's empowering me with spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit to live a supernatural life in a natural world. Do you choose to surrender to him or to resist him? So many people live a spiritless life when God wants us to live a spirit live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the last reason that other people live a spiritless life is because they're just plain slack. Oh, they may be Christians and even baptized in the Holy Spirit. They might speak in tongues, but they don't lean into the Spirit. They don't regularly speak in tongues each day and they do not cultivate the presence of the Holy Spirit and build themselves up in the Holy Spirit. And I count myself in this. If we spend as much time cultivating the presence of the Holy Spirit as we did with other distractions we allow in our life, our lives would be exploding with the presence of the Holy Spirit and his power. It's a sobering thought that we need to pay great attention to. There is so much more to the presence of the Holy Spirit and being filled with his spirit. Those who live a spirit-filled life are aware of the constant presence of the Holy Spirit during the day. They sense the Holy Spirit to telling them to reach out to this person or pray for this person, guiding them with their decisions. So they, or the, don't say this, we're about to say, it won't be good, it won't please God and it may hurt someone, but say this, this is better. This will have grace attached to it. This is going to encourage them and he helps you with that. God wants us to live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life by the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And my final point is, we need to create an appetite for the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I start talking about an appetite, what immediately springs to your mind? I know, food. food. We all love food, don't we? Yeah. But it may not be that. Ever wondered what to cook? And then you go outside and someone's lit their barbecue up. Or you can smell wafts of pizza. That's all you want. Couldn't care what's in the fridge. That's all you want because it's hit your nostrils. I love cooking a lamb roast when, people, when we have visitors so it smells so inviting when you come into our home. And the meaning of appetite in the dictionary is a strong desire or liking for something. Do you know you can create an appetite? You can. Although we have good intentions, seeing them actually come into being or reality isn't quite as natural or quite so easy. Instead of wishing you were more like this or more like that, you can create an appetite for things, good or bad. The choice is yours. Think about it. No one forces you to gamble or become an alcoholic 
or become a professional golfer or a nurse that helps others. There's good and bad. We make a choice and we create an appetite. The greater appetite will always take priority. The greater appetite will always take priority. If you want to get rid of things in your life or you want to add things to your life, you have to create a greater appetite so the others that you don't want eventually starve or die due to lack of input. I used to have this friend, we would, we would go to some, some meeting or whatever and they might have some special desserts and they'd have all these lovely desserts out. Oh, if you don't know by now, I have a sweet tooth. Our staff know I have the worst sweet tooth out. And I love cakes and muffins and you name it. And I love cheesecake and they'd have beautiful cheesecakes, all these gorgeous things and then the fruit salad. You can see by my voice that I'm not interested in that. And the fruit salad. I wasn't a big fruit eater and that, but it was like, and there was the fruit salad. And my friend would come back and she'd go, oh, the desserts are just great. And I'd look at, look at her, what she had and go, you got a fruit salad? And she goes, oh, I know. Oh, I just love the fruit. I can hardly stop myself from going back. And I thought, boy, I can. And, that, and it was just like, bring on, the, bring on the cheesecake, baby, sort of, you know. And, that, and I just thought, and, but I realised after a time, and I just I could not get over the fact that she loved the fruit salad. And my mum was the same. Back in those days, hey, the younger ones won't remember. Sizzler, who remembers Sizzler? Yes, yes, oh my heart. No matter how full I am, I have still got time for five trips to that dessert bar. Thank heaven Sizzler's not operating down here. And so, but my mum, she would go and she'd come back, oh, I love all this fruit. And I'm like, oh, yuck, there's so much good dessert here. And you're going back for fruit salad. But as time went on in my life, I realised I'm not really eating that much fruit and I need to do something about it. So I started chopping up a little fruit salad and I chop up and then I have it every day with some yogurt and I started to create an appetite for fruit salad every day to this day I still have fruit salad as one of my meals every day and I love fruit salad I would no sooner go to eat cheesecake or any of that stuff for breakfast than fly to the moon and I created that appetite and I'm so glad I did and so it has just shown me in every other area of my life that if I can do that, there's other things that I can do in my life to create an appetite. And one of the things I want to do is create an appetite for the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. See, if I create an appetite for anything, I need to be serious about it, serious enough and be create, to be committed to it. If you want to create an appetite for the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are going to have to be intentional about it. Just take some small steps that you can accomplish. Perhaps put a timer on your phone and say, right, I'm only going to spend 30 minutes on social media a day. I am staggered how when I get on social media, how time flies and an hour is gone. So now I put a timer on my phone. I know of a pastor who doesn't, it's one of the boundaries in his life is he will not look at social media before 9am in the morning or after 9pm at night because he wants to make sure he spends time with God in the morning and he wants to make sure it's not the last thing on his mind before he goes to sleep. He wants the Holy Spirit on his mind. Perhaps you could decide to go for a 15-minute walk each day or even 10 minutes and just talk to the Holy Spirit or pray in tongues if you know how to do it. Read the Bible. Decide you will read if you're not a big reader and you find, oh, I'm just not doing it every day. 
Well, just decide, okay, I'm just going to read five verses. I'm going to read five verses of the day. Just take a small step, but achieve it and do it. Decide which TV shows you want to watch on TV or whatever you do and stop at that. Then choose to lie down and perhaps go to a quiet spot and just listen to some worship music for 10 or 15 minutes each day. You might just be very surprised at how keen the Holy Spirit is to presence himself with you. Good intentions feel nice, but it's the intentional action by taking those small, consistent steps that will get the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The reality is you need to have a hard think. If you want the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and you want to create it, what are you going to do about it? Because you can go out of here and go, well, that sounded good, Lydia. Yeah, yeah, I got to get with that. And then by lunchtime, you're having a cheesecake or whatever, and you've forgotten all about everything I've said. But ask the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do it now, actually. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will impress this on people's lives, that they won't resist you, but they'll start thinking about how am I going to cultivate the presence of you in my life? And that they'll, be, they'll sense such a growing awareness and closeness of you and develop a relationship with you like they never believed was possible. And I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. I thank after worship team to come, thanks. You know, Jesus never had to create an appetite to get to know us. He loved you from the day you were conceived. That love took him all, way, all the way to the cross to pay the penalty, the price for your sins and my sins, our mistakes, to be raised from the dead by his heavenly father three days later and to empower the Holy Spirit to come alongside us to help us in every day of our life forever. And all of this so nothing would ever come between us and having a relationship with God that is real and that is honest. God longs to be in relationship with you. But it's your choice if you're going to decide. You're going to decide to live your own life without Him and do everything in your own strength. And your own strength is limited, believe me. Or allow Him to come into your life to be filled with purpose and to tap into a supernatural empowered life to help others and to honour God. That's the choice you have in life.